This is Connected Nation, a podcast focused on all things broadband, from closing the digital divide to improving your internet speeds. We talk technology topics that impact all of us, our families, and our communities. In March, we're focusing on Women's History Month and examining how women are shaping the world of technology around us. Our guest on today's podcast is Don Yankee Love, the Executive Director and CEO of the Technology Association of Louisville, Kentucky. We discuss her history and contributions to the tech sector, as well as her current work with the National Cyber Readiness Institute and Tech Girls, a group focused on providing free STEAM curricula and introducing girls in middle school to fields in technology. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Connected Nation. I'm Jessica Denson. Today, Don Yankee Love, the Executive Director and CEO of the Technology Association of Louisville, Kentucky, also dubbed TALK for short, joins us. Welcome, Don. It's good to be here. We're very excited to have you here. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, before we get into the great work that you're doing currently, let's talk a little bit about your history in the tech sector. Share some of your history and what you've done and um, maybe some of the things that people may not know about you at this point. Okay, so uh, I started my career in uh, journalism, of all things, and so that's where I initially started covering the tech sector, and then I jumped into my own business uh, in 1989 called Aspects, and I was immediately working in the defense industry for clients like Microdyne, Harris Corporation, uh, Lockheed Martin, and so forth. And so I was into a deep dive on tech right away uh, in that part of my career. And then as time has continued, we uh, led uh, some initiatives in my early career in the Florida area where uh, we, were in, we were working with the internet in the beginnings of the web. And so I've been very lucky because my career has kind of evolved over time. I've participated in international conferences in Europe when we, social media was called virtual community, so at the very, very beginning. And then uh, since that time, uh, I've evolved into doing some public policy work and other things uh, related to uh, tech categories, particularly cybersecurity. So my clients under Aspects, the PR and marketing firm, led me to the desire to make a difference here in Louisville, Kentucky. And that's where the Tech Council got started in late 2013. I had already participated in some women in tech groups in the Louisville market and uh, was named uh, a leader in the under the women in tech group. And so uh, I had participated even as, as a uh, uh, the chairman of that group at one point. So my, my history is kind of a, an interesting little braid, shall we say, of touching tech through both my client work as well as my volunteer commitments. That's that's quite a statement to say that uh, you were involved in social me- media before it was even invo- it part called social media. It was called what did you call it? Virtual oh, chat rooms or virtual <laughs> virtual communities? So how has it been being a woman in that field? I, I have to say that I mean it's maybe it goes without saying that a lot of time technology is dominated by men. Um, how was it being in those early years of this type of industry? Well, I do think that. Uh, you know, women uh, are a smaller percentage. So the good news is you get noticed, right? And so I think that to some extent, it worked to my advantage. Uh, I was able to step forward and be noticed and, and you know, with making uh, direct statements and participating at the international level pretty early in my career, I was able to make a, a 
you know, a name for the work I was doing and, and then tried to figure out who is making a difference uh, at the at the global level as well as in the United States. And so that was, you know, those were connections that at the time, you know, you don't think about them, but you are, you know, you're touching people that are making a difference. And so you automatically find yourself, you know, looking at those types of questions. And uh, that was just really, you know, an important part of my early career. Well, let's talk about TALK, which is, of course, uh, stands for Technology Association of Louisville, Kentucky, where you're based. It's a tech council for the area. Can you explain a little bit what the role of a tech council is, why it's important? Just give people an understanding of why these types of things are important in communities. Yes. So a tech council basically operates in several spheres uh, for example, the sphere of public policy, so both state, local, and national public policy in the tech sector, right? Because this is where we influence the future of technology in the governmental piece. Then you have the STEAM curriculum, which is the science, technology, engineering, art, and math component for youth. How do we get youth into the world of technology? Then we're dealing with networking and tech trends, so we're, we're educating those that are already in the tech field and those that want to become tech leaders. So not only middle management, but those that are at the entry level trying to figure out what's next, as well as, you know, using the tech leaders in our community to build from a workforce development and an economic development, you know, point of view, not only in our city, but also at the state level, because many things have to be done at the state level in order to trickle down to the city level. So in essence, it brings all those pieces together. Whereas if without the text council, you kind of have some people doing things, not side by side, but all over the place. It, it kind of, is it a place to bring together those brain trust and ideas? Absolutely. Yes. So this is a, you know, a network of people that are interested in building the tech community in our market, right? And that goes for every tech council. And across the United States, there's about 65 plus tech councils in operation including Canada. And we all work together under what's called TECNA, the Tech Councils of North America at the national level. And we share programs and we share funding uh, approaches, like what grants are you know, being put out there to um, you know, secure and educate both senior level professionals as well as entry level and the school you know, areas that we're involved in and so forth. So, you know, it's a, it's a good mix of people. These are just people devoted and dedicated to building our tech communities. Let's talk a little bit more about what talk has done for the area. You have you you mentioned a couple of things, but I know you've you you handle a tech fest, you do a cybersecurity summit every June. Um, but you also have developed cyber.org curricula for the teaching or tech curriculum options for teachers. Can you talk a little bit about that? That seems to me like it is of critical importance right now with the pandemic and the need for remote learning. Does that all lend itself and kind of come together in one big pot? Yes. Okay. So talk really, uh, you know, again, we work for the professionals, but we also work for youth. And, we, and the reasons we do this are because the tech job sector, right, it's expected to continue rising in double digits but you have to have the trained people. So they have to be qualified professionals. And some of those people are going to come from existing professions because, the, as we know, 
tech communities are growing very fast across all sectors, uh, then you, you have to look at the youth and, you know, what are they interested in? And we have to get them interested in tech professional uh, approaches. So this would include not only STEAM curriculum, but computer science classes in the classroom. And, and in particular, cybersecurity is a category of tech that is expected to rise 28% in terms of job growth by 2026. And so currently there's a critical lack lack of qualified cybersecurity professionals. And so there's supposed to be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs this year, according to research from the Cybersecurity Ventures Group. So that's where it's just so important anymore to get youth involved in tech careers, but also to encourage adults who maybe are in other areas like accounting or healthcare to take a look at how does tech work in your industry. One of those things that I mentioned as we were we were talking about this podcast, um, as I was teasing the podcast, is what we say in the industry. Uh, there is a group called Tech Girls that you're partnered with, and that's girls with a Z at the end. Uh, talk a little bit about what Tech Girls does, and you mentioned Steam. That kind of is something a little bit different than a lot of people have talked about, which is STEM. Can you compare and contrast those two, STEAM and STEM, and and how that inter how that interacts with tech girls? Yeah, so let me uh, let me just kind of give you a quick overview. So talk operates under STEAM. So the A is for art. You know, we, we talk about STEM, but also if you notice on the national level, the word STEAM curricula is, is growing and becoming important. So what we were able to do, uh, going back a little bit to your earlier question on cyber.org, was to work with the state And in fact, all tech councils work with their states to put in tech curricula for youth inside the classroom. And so we were able to work with what was uh, termed NYSERC. And NYSERC stands for National Integrated Cyber Education Research Center, which is out of Louisiana, but it is working at the national level to put in cyber curriculum. And so we put that cyber curriculum into our state so that all school districts and all teachers have access to putting cyber curriculum into the classroom. As we talk about STEAM, STEAM is the after-school approach, right, in most cases. And so Tech Girls is a free curriculum that we work with after school. And so particularly during the pandemic, we have been able to offer this virtually. And so we have a very strong mix of immigrants, the Black community, Latino young girls. So we're touching an interesting mix of girls all across not only the United States, but also internationally who are interested in looking at tech job careers. And so this is really an important piece of our work. And we this past summer, we had all of our board members teaching courses, and then we just finished up uh, for the winter months, another set of, of you know classes. And so we have done these for probably four or five years. The actual uh, in-classroom work that we did with cyber.org, which is formerly was called NYSERC, is already in our state and continues. So we're touching over a thousand youth inside the state in the classroom, and they call that a cyber engineering pathway. It's primarily for high school kids, and we're going to be pushing it further down, right? All the way the K through 12 level is where you're going going to see all states pushing cybersecurity curriculum, pushing more computer science. So many, many states have begun to really put dollars behind making sure that teachers are trained in computer science, as well as 
you know, after school curriculum is available and in classroom, you know, curricula is actually implemented, right? So what we've got is a bunch of moving parts here. We have Tech Girls, which is after school and free and being done virtually during the pandemic. And we're not only doing it, there are people all over, over the United States that are, you know, participating as volunteers to teach tech courses, things like solving genetic mysteries, things like cybersecurity. So then we have the other piece of the puzzle, which is using cyber.org to do cyber camps in the summer, which are live. And we did those in 2017. We hope to do some this summer. And this is usually grant funded work like companies, for example, United Parcel or Postal Service, UPS has funded us in the past to do these types of on, you know, hands-on curriculum with high school students as well as middle school students. And the Tech Girls program is particularly for middle school. We also do something else after school, which is called the Rad Science Skateboard Build Program, where we actually have skateboard build approved teachers from our region. So Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, participate and actually get down in, into the wood and the uh, tools with the kids and they actually build a skateboard in three days. They get to keep their skateboards. Some of these are grant-funded programs that we do. Some of them are fee-based programs, but we have covered the gamut from working with you know, the, our Black community in Louisville to immigrants, to girls specifically, to you know, very uh, specific library communities, museum communities. So we, we've actually done a great deal since our inception uh, officially in 2014 uh, is when we got our nonprofit 501c3 status. So uh, you've mentioned a couple of times um, working with minority groups and um, immigrants. What What is the importance that you place on that? And why is that so critical that we also make an effort to reach underserved kids? Yeah, so there have been some interesting studies on this. And in 2018, there was a benchmark report done by IC. ISC2, uh, which indicated that 49% of minority cybersecurity professionals said that mentorship programs are very important to foster diversity in the workplace. And so the, the report basically shows how the underparticipation by large segments of our society represents a loss of opportunity for individuals, a loss of talent in the workforce, and a loss of creativity in shaping the future, particularly of cybersecurity, but also computer science. And so what you're seeing is there's this whole push now, you know, particularly to get more minorities involved in these tech professions. But, you know, we should, since this is a Women's History Month, we also want to mention that only 20% of, for example, the cybersecurity workforce is made up of women. And the people of color statistic is much smaller. So, you know, we still have a long way to go to get women in tech careers, particularly hot tech careers like cybersecurity. Well, let's touch on cybersecurity for a moment. You're also involved in technology at the national level, serving on the Small Business Advisory Board for the Cyber Readiness Institute, what's also called CRI for short. What is the role of the CRI and its focus? Um, And as I mentioned, you served on the Small Business Advisory Board. So maybe touch on how that effort affects small businesses in America. So, The biggest issue we have is training small business owners and their staff to be what we 
say, cyber ready and to have good cyber hygiene. And so what this means is that they have to be aware of how they're using technology, where they're using technology, how to protect their data, how to avoid data loss, including financial loss, right? And so there are organizations, uh, including Cyber Readiness Institute, that look to train people out in the workforce that may or may not be tech professionals, right? They're, maybe they're not on the IT team, but maybe there is no one. In a, in a company of 10 to 20 people, there may not be a designated IT person. Maybe that's a part-time position with, you know, someone from the outside. And so the Cyber Readiness Institute has created curriculum online that any individual can go in and do. And at roughly about three and a half hours, you can earn a badge that basically takes you through cybersecurity templates that you can implement in your office. Uh, for example, you, you teach people about two-factor authentication. You teach people about changing their passwords. You know, you put the importance on upgrading your software, you know, on the laptop and then having regular conversations about phishing and how, you know, people get emails and they just automatically click on every little link in them. And half the time those links are taking them, you know, into uh, basically downloading malware and destroying their computing environment, right? And then other people get infected and so forth. And so this Cyber Readiness Institute has taken on an international mission of making sure that small business owners and other individuals, you know, any, any individual who has to work at home, particularly now because of remote work, you know, being such a huge, you know, issue in the pandemic, so many people have had to turn to their laptops to, to log in so what you're seeing is there's tremendous interest in training everyone to basically, you know, take another look at their data care. And so this is a new buzzword that we're seeing tied to cybersecurity is how do we take on data care and how do we become cyber ready? So that's where the Small Business Advisory Council for the uh, CRI group has become so valuable. We're working together as a group to write key blogs directed to small business owners that are being published on their website. And then we're, we're looking to have coursework where, for example, Talk has created a six-week course out of the curriculum you can do online where we work with small business owners over a period of six weeks to implement inside their organization all the tenets of you know, the, the coursework that is offered online for individuals. So we're currently in that process. We're entering our second week right now of our six-week course. It is free and it's offered to anyone. It's free and offered to anyone, you said? Yes, anyone can join us uh, on these um, classes. Okay. Yeah, I will include a link to the Cyber Readiness Institute in the description of this podcast for our listeners' benefit. Um, this Just one more question about the CRI. Uh, it's really focused on also helping minority-owned businesses. My understanding is you wrote a grant for CRI to help um, Black communities within Kentucky. Can you share a little bit about what, you were hope what you're hoping to accomplish with that? Yeah, so, the, so we are... Um Active talk is active with CRI already in you know implementing coursework and being active on their board. But in addition to that, then I was asked to participate. They have a team to write grants, and I was asked to help participate in that process. So we recently did apply for a grant as it related to the black community, and we're looking for other opportunities to work with 
you know, uh, black leaders. And so what you may not know is there are currently 2.5 million businesses owned and operated by African Americans here in the United States. And so that, you know, means that in Louisville, Kentucky alone, there's over 100 black owned businesses. And it's just, it's a very strong growing, you know, part of our small business sector that we must pay attention to. And so we believe that by training uh, young black leaders in these areas, we can then uh, assist in that whole cross-training process where people can then, you know, move between maybe the career they currently have, but also a career they want to have in cybersecurity, step into a role in a small business. And so the, our goal is to train the trainers and then have them continue to train. What advice would you offer women in technology or someone, a woman who wants to explore fields in technology, whether here, whether in your area of Louisville or elsewhere in the country? I do think that having a mentor is a good, you know, experience. And I I believe that through the tech councils, there are many uh, subgroups. And so, for example, women in tech is often a subgroup under a tech council. You can, you know, participate there. You can get involved to mentor young women. So the Tech Girls Program is active in many of our tech councils across America. You know, you can get active in the public policy piece. So where there's an opportunity to get involved with a tech council that is active in public policy, most are. Then again, it's a question of what you want to do. There's so many opportunities. There are also programs like Girls Who Code, you know, very specific programs that you can get involved in that help younger women move forward. And I think we've got to be champions, right? Whereas women, we've got to be champions for all the young girls coming up the line and really show them the path to bringing a tech career into whatever they love, whether it is healthcare, you know, whether it is accounting, whether it is, you know, getting involved in robots and robots and manufacturing sector work. And most of the time, we don't hear about those types of careers. We hear about doctors and becoming a lawyer, becoming a firefighter, but we don't hear about tech careers. And so that's where, as women, we've got to participate in getting the word out. At Connected Nation, we're very focused on working to expand access, adoption, and use to broadband, which is another term for high-speed internet. What do you think, what importance do you place on the need to expand access to broadband? And, and do you think there's more of awareness of it now that we've gone through this pandemic that will hopefully end soon? Yes, absolutely. So under the Tech Council, I have been participating in some local government committees. And so, for example, here in Louisville, Kentucky, we have what's called the Build Better Back series of initiatives. And one of those has now turned into a separate coalition to push broadband further into our Black communities, into our minority, you know, focused uh, sub areas. Uh, And then we have a huge immigrant population here. And so, you know, we're working to make sure that, particularly for education, that broadband is available. And, you know, the world of remote work and the world of education online will continue to be an important part long after the pandemic uh, to, you know, the whole education cycle. It doesn't matter what age you are. And so the, so the real issue is to make sure that, you know, everything is embedded properly into all of our communities in our cities. And so that's how talk is really active, you know, at our local level to make those things happen. 
We're also active with what is called the CIO office, right? So the IT um, technology office of the state. And that and we work there to make sure that, you know, broadband issues are heard. And then when we go to our public policy um, com- community fly-ins at the national level through TECNA and CompTIA, uh, then we work together at the national level to make those initiatives important. So we are active in that conversation. Do you feel like some of those conversations are more easily had now that people understand how technology can affect everything from jobs to healthcare to education now that we've had the pandemic? Absolutely. I mean, remote work is with us to stay and, you know, education online for youth will continue to mushroom and grow, whether you're at the college age level or whether you're at K through 12 level, we're going to see more online learning. I mean, you know, things like Minecraft and, and other types of programs that are out there, the Tech Girls program and so forth. The kids are already in the virtual environments after school, you know, looking at tech subjects. So, yes, I mean, it's very, very, very important. Broadband is, is you know, become, um, we're going to see it at, this, at the national level and probably get additional funding. I, I really think under this administration, we will see more attention, you know, as an infrastructure issue. All right. Well, I really appreciate our conversation today, but I want to give you an opportunity to add any topics that you thought we'd touch on that we didn't, or would you like to leave our audience with any final thoughts? Well, I think that tech engagement is really, really important. And I think that by being active in your local tech councils, you have a say in how it goes, right? Whether the messaging needs to be changed at the national level, whether we need to involve more diverse and inclusive audiences, you know, whether we're, we need to engage our youth, um, how, do, how do we get the message out about the need to fill these cybersecurity jobs? How do we get the message out to grow our workforce, whether that's in your own community or across the country? We've got to keep our, you know, infrastructure sound and solid. So I just encourage everyone to get involved, right? This is a, this is a time to be active and to participate. It's not a time to wait for somebody else to get it done. The tech sector is growing. We've got to get out there and make sure our youth are aware. And I thank you so much for letting me participate today in this conversation. Dawn, thank you so much. We appreciate you joining us. Again, our guest today was Dawn Yankee Love, the Executive Director and CEO of the Technology Association of Louisville, Kentucky, also dubbed Talk for short. I'll include a link to the Talk website as well as links to Tech Girls and the Cyber Readiness Institute in the description of this podcast. I'm Jessica Denson. Thanks for listening to Connected Nation. If you like our show and want to know more about us, head to connectednation.org or look for the latest episodes of Connected Nation on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Pandora, or Spotify.